Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to another podcast episode of Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce, and what a privilege it is to have all of you out there tuning in with us today. We're going to continue with our study in the book of Revelation. I know it's going to be a blessing to you, and if it is, feel free to like it and share it with others. If you'll go over to EstablishedInTheFaith.com, you'll find more information on how you can subscribe to this podcast. You can now get us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Blueberry, and others as well. Feel free to contact us there on the website with questions and comments that you may have pertaining to the program today. Well, we're going to go on into our study now, picking it up in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 11. And we hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. tonight would you turn with me please to Revelation chapter 20 Revelation chapter 20 we'll be talking about the great white throne judgment tonight it takes place at the end of the millennial reign of Christ right after Satan is loosed for a little season and um, he'll be loosed to gather all of the unsaved. It's hard to believe that Christ will rule and reign in this world for a thousand years. It'll be the greatest time the world has ever known. Everybody's going to be a millionaire. Sickness is done away with. The animal kingdom has changed. It's just going to be a glorious time, and after a thousand years of that, you would think everybody would give their hearts and lives to the Lord. But that's not the case. There will be those who refuse to get saved even at that time. That just goes to show you that you can change man's environment. You can put him around good people. And that still is not enough to change man. Because man's problem is not an outward problem. Man's problem is an inward problem. We quoted this scripture last week. Haven, if you will, put it up on the screen. Jeremiah 17, verse 9. Jeremiah 17, verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? We just don't know how bad a shape we're really in. Someone asked a question, why in the world did God allow the devil to do what he's doing since since he fell back in the eons of the past? Why didn't God just kill the devil? Well, God is using the devil. The devil is the one that tempts us. He's the one that shows us where our weaknesses are at. Well, y'all don't know what I'm talking about because none of y'all have weaknesses. But there, there are some Christian folks out there that have some weaknesses and they stumble and fall. I know most of y'all have never failed the Lord in whatever the case. You don't know what I'm talking about. But trust me, there are some out there um, who struggle with some things. It's only faith in Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary that can change the heart. When, when the person exhibits faith in Christ and his finished work, that opens up the door for the Holy Spirit to come inside and bind up the sin nature 
which is causing the person to do what they do because the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Satan will be loosed at the end of the millennial reign of Christ to gather together all of the people that choose sin rather than righteousness. And the Bible says in Revelation 20 verse 9, we'll pick it up there, they went up on the breadth of the earth, and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Immediately following that, John said in verse 11, And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and heaven fled away and there was found no place for them this is the same throne that John saw back in Revelation chapter 4 in verse 2 haven if you'll pull that up Revelation 4 and verse 2 John said there and immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. I want you to notice there's one sitting on the throne. Amen. Glory to God. And he's still sitting there on the throne. And there was one that sat on the throne, and he that sat was to look upon as a jasper and a sardine stone, and there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. The only difference between the throne seen in Revelation chapter 4 and the throne that is seen here in Revelation chapter 20 is there is no rainbow. The rainbow symbolizes God's grace and mercy. God is a God of grace and mercy. He keeps His covenant with those that repent and accept His way of salvation. But with that rainbow being gone, that means there is no grace and no mercy at this time. All John sees is a white throne which typifies the holiness of God and it also typifies his justice and retribution and this is going to be bad what is coming John said I saw him that sat on it if you will look at Romans chapter 2 in verse 16 the one that is sitting on this throne is the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said in Romans 2 and 16, In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. It is he and he alone that paid the price that we might be saved. But there are many who have rejected the Lord Jesus Christ, and now they will stand before God and they will give an account, and they will have to pay the price for their sin, which is death. And the death that is spoken about here is the second death. The Bible says there in Revelation 20, 
verse 11. From whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and no place was found for them. Now this is spoken of in a figurative sense. The Lord's not going to be very happy at this time. His countenance is going to be so fierce that the heaven and the earth, the inanimate objects in God's creation, if they could, they would flee from God at this time. That's just how bad it's going to be. Also there, if you'll look in verse 12, Revelation 20 and verse 12, these people are made to stand before God. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. Friend, let me tell you something. You don't want to be in that crowd of people. You know, people want to be in with the in crowd now. That's going to be the end crowd then, and you ain't going to want to be in that crowd then. By the grace of God, you and I are going to miss out on that event. And thank God for that. All the unsaved that have ever died will be in that crowd of people. And I want you to think about that. From the time of Adam and Eve, right on up through the millennium, all of those that were in Satan's last rebellion that died, they will be in that crowd of people. The great white throne judgment. And the books were open. Now what books will be opened at that time? Uh, the first book that will be opened is God's Word. If you will, go to John chapter 12 and verse 48. John twelve forty eight says, He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. That's the great white throne judgment. The word of God will be open on that day. You will be judged by what is written in this book, not the book of Mormon. Or any other book that someone may have written. You'll be judged by according to what's been written in God's word. The next book that will be open is God's record book of our lives. And everything that we have ever done has been written down. Uh, if you will, go to Matthew twelve thirty-six. Matthew 12, verse 36 says, But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Go to Luke 12, in verse 2. Luke 12, verse 2. For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. Therefore, whatsoever ye have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light, and that which ye have spoken in the ear in closets shall be proclaimed upon the housetops. God's got a record book of everything that is going on. But you and I that are saved, we don't have anything to worry about. Because that record book has the blood of Jesus Christ applied to it. Do you hear me? 
when you stand before God. You, we will stand before God at the judgment seat of Christ, and we'll be judged for the things that we've done uh, since we got saved, whether they be good or bad. We'll not be judged for sins. Our sins were judged at Calvary. Understand that. And His blood covers all of that. And you're not going to have to give an account of any sins that you've committed, but you will give an account as to what you've done with the great gift of salvation that God has given you. Have you uh, done your best to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? You say, well, Brother James, I'm not a preacher, and I don't know that much about it. Well, do you support the gospel with your finances? Do you witness to others? Just your testimony of lo alone of how the Lord has moved and worked in your life is enough for the Holy Spirit to take it to the hearts of others and, and work on them. And so, uh, you know, what have you done with the great gift of salvation that God has given you? Have you been faithful? And there are other things that I could go into there. But sins is something we're not going to have to worry about. But the unbelievers, they have no blood applied. When God sees them, he's going to see every sin, everything they've ever committed, every dirty joke, every evil thought, all of it will be open for all to see. I'm glad I'm not going to be in that crowd. All right, the other book that will be open will be the book of life. I want to look at that as we close tonight. Let's look at verse 12 of Revelation chapter 20. Revelation 20 verse 12, the latter part of that verse. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. You think about all the people that are going to be there at that judgment. And all the things that God's got written down. It's going to take some time to go through each person and how long the great white throne judgment will last we don't know the bible does not say but the punishment will be eternal and by the phrase there according to their works that tells us that there's going to be different degrees of punishment someone asked me that question not too long ago will there be different degrees of, of punishment for people that have done worse than others. Oh, yes. Just like there will be different rewards given for Christians. There will be different degrees of punishment given for those that have done worse than others. Now, let me give you some scripture for that. Go to Matthew 7 and verse 2. Matthew 7, verse 2, For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. Go over to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew 11, verse 22. But I say unto you, 
It shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And thou, Capernaum, which are exalted unto heaven, shalt be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which hath been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable in the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. Go to Matthew 12, verse 41. Matthew 12, verse 41. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, a greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest, and findeth none. Then he saith, I will return into my house from whence I came out. And when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. Then goeth he, and taketh with himself seven other spirits, more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there, and the last state of the man is worse than the first, even so shall it be also unto this wicked generation. Go to Matthew 23. Matthew 23, verse 12. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. But woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that enter in to go in. Woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye devour wilderness houses, and for pretense make long prayers. Therefore ye shall receive the greater damnation. So I hope that with these few verses you can see there will be different degree of punishment for those that have done worse than others. All right, let's go back to Revelation 20 and verse 13. Revelation 20, verse 13, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. No matter how the person died, whether they drowned in the sea, whether they were devoured by a wild animal, or burned, or, or whatever way they died, God that created this world and all the elements, He knows where every molecule of that person is. He'll speak the word, and that person will come back. That body will come back together. And God will give them an indestructible body at that time. That's power. You think of that. God's just going to speak the word. And, and, and that body is going to come back. Wherever it's at, whatever state it's in. It's going to come back. And then the Bible says, And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. When the unsaved die, their soul immediately goes to hell. And there they await 
the second resurrection of damnation. And when that time comes, that soul that's in hell will be reunited with this body that God has prepared for them. And like I said, it'll be reunited with the body and it'll be an indestructible body. All right, verse 14, Revelation 20, verse 14. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. All that sin has caused since Adam and Eve is going to be cast into the lake of fire. Verse 15, Revelation 20, verse 15. Whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Our names are written down in the book of life the moment we get saved. Glory to God. That ought to be enough right there to make you shout. Knowing that your name is written down in that book. Your name's not written down in a book here at Friendship. It might be, but that don't make no difference. I mean, this church could burn down and those records could be lost, but God's record will not be lost. But wait a minute. A person's name can be blotted out of that book. Now, I want you to think about what I've just said. Your name can be written down in the book of life, and it can be blotted out. Haven, if you will, put up on the screen Revelation chapter 3 and verse 5. Revelation 3, verse 5. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He that overcometh. The only way you're going to overcome is by putting your faith in Christ and what he did. That's how you become an overcomer. Because it's only then that the Holy Spirit can come into your life and give you the power that you need to live out this, this Christian life. You're an overcomer as long as you keep your faith in Christ. The same shall be clothed in white raiment. All the unsaved are naked before God. But all of us who are saved, we're clothed in a pure, righteous holiness. You're holy. I made that statement last week, and some of you kind of blanch at that, but you're just as holy right now as you're going to be a thousand years from now in a glorified body. You are as clean and as holy as the blood of Jesus Christ can make you. Although we may have some problems, the Lord looks at you as holy, saved, justified. You're either saved or you're not. Your name's either written down in the book of life or it's not. Well, how can a person's name be blotted out? Understand this. Faith gets you in. Faith keeps you in. If you stop believing at a given point in time, your name can be blotted out. That's the problem with sin. Christians that sin a little bit and, well, the Lord will forgive me. Let me, let me just say something there. Sin erodes. It erodes your faith. You get a little bit weaker and a little bit weaker. It's a sin to miss church. 
Now, y'all didn't hear what I said. I said it's a sin to miss church. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. It's important for you to come to church as often as you can. Now, I understand things come up and whatever the case, and you can't make it every time the door is open. But in your heart, there should be a desire to be around the people of God, the things of God, and, de- and desire to want to be with God's people. Amen? And, and if there's something, and you had rather do other things on Sunday morning rather than be in God's house, uh, my friend, you've got a problem. And uh, that's sin. And you start missing church a little bit. After a while, it becomes a little easier and a little easier. And after a while, the people ain't coming to church at all. And all of us are thinking about some people right now that we know of that used to come every Sunday, but now they're not here anymore. All it took was one Sunday, and then another one, and it got a little easier. That's the way it is with sin. It erodes your faith, and you get to the place to where, you know, it it doesn't bother you anymore. And after a while, you begin to lose faith. But as long as your faith is anchored in Christ and what He did... God's not going to blot out your name. Did you hear me? I said, God's not going to blot out your name. As long as you want to be saved, you're, you're saved. God's not going to take, take out your name. As long as you want to be saved. I, I've said it before, I'll say it again. If you don't quit, God won't quit. He's got too much invested in you to give up on you. And... There may be some that are not here now that were here some time ago. Keep praying for them. Don't give up on them. Keep praying for them. If they truly got saved, the Holy Ghost is is beating on that tail. Hello? Uh, God knows how to take us out behind the woodshed. Believe me. I've been there enough times to know. And uh, if you're a Christian, God will chastise you. He'll take you out behind the woodshed and, and, and wear you out. But names can be blotted out, but it's not as easy as what we think it is. You have some people that think every time you sin, God blots your name out. And no, that's not the case. Faith gets you in. Faith is what keeps you in. All right, let's go to another one. Revelation 22, 18. Revelation 22, 18 for I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. So there you have it again. If you add to or take away from, your name can be blotted out. Go to Exodus chapter 32. Exodus 32, verse 32. Exodus 32, verse 32. Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin... And if not, blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book which thou hast written. And the Lord said unto Moses, Whosoever hath sinned against me, him will I blot out of my book. 
Notice that. Now, what is the sin that will take you out of the book? The sin of unbelief. The sin of unbelief. All right, go to Psalm 69. Psalm 69, verse 28. Psalm 69, verse 28. Let them be blotted out of the book of the living and not be written with the righteous. I think we can see from these scriptures that names can be blotted out of the book of life. All right, one last thing. All these people died and went to hell. They were unsaved. And now we've got this great white throne judgment. They've been resurrected with an indestructible body. And they stand before God and all the books are open. If none of them are going to be saved, then what is the purpose of this judgment? Have you ever thought about that? If all these people died and went to hell... Why is God taking up all of this time and going to all this trouble? It is because no one will be able to say that they never had their day in court. No one will be, no one will be cast into the lake of fire and say, I'm, I'm not guilty of the charges. Everything will be all laid out, all written out. The person will have no excuse before they're cast into the lake of fire. God is a just God. Although he's got everything written down to satisfy their minds and to prove that he's a holy God before all, that's the purpose for this great white throne judgment. Thank God I'm not going to be there. No more than just to witness some of it, and it's going to be a sad, sad day. God takes it very seriously, our salvation. He paid an awesome price that we might be saved, and people just shrug it off, and they just do their own thing. There's coming a payday, and it's going to be more than they want to pay. If the program today has been a blessing to you, we hope and pray that you'll share it with others. This podcast has been made possible by the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you to contact us or to contribute to this ministry. Go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the Donate tab. All donations are safe and secure through PayPal. We look forward to hearing from you.